Hello, friends. Welcome to the Deeper Daily Podcast for the fifth day of February. I'm your host, Paul White. It's a Saturday. Uh, We are going to get into the text. In fact, today my goal is to finish the actual reading of the 25th chapter of Genesis, which is the Esau birthright story. We're going to get into the text and set that up, talk through it the way it lays out in Genesis, and then introduce where we're going to go from there because that will cause a diversion into the New Testament. More on that in a moment. Uh, Before I do that, I always like to introduce you on Saturdays to the Sunday Sermon. And this one needs a little introduction because this is a previously recorded sermon, but never released, at least not released to the general public. A couple of weeks ago, we put up a sermon called Hearts Established by Grace. Uh, That was a teaching that we did for the Taleo Online Bible School. And it, I told the audience that we were just going to put that one up. Um, it was one of five original lessons that we recorded for that online Bible school. They also took some of our previously released material and assembled them into different cohorts, us along with some other um, great Bible preachers and teachers, uh, men and women from different parts of the world that they put into this school and So I was honored to be a part of this inaugural class and to contribute five originals. Well, we aired one of those originals called Hearts Established by Grace. That was from the Hebrews um, series. And I didn't think we were going to put part two up, but we had such a good response from you, our audience, that enjoyed that session that I I said we'd think about it. Um, We stepped away for a week. We posted something else from our trip to Missouri last week. So this week we go back to that series and I give for you Hearts Established by Grace Part 2. There's a little bit of an audio intro where we introduce what we're trying to do and why we're doing it. We also give the website for their Bible school. We give just a little bit of information there, and then we jump right into the teaching. This particular lesson covers several, what I think are real salient points within the book of Hebrews. The first lesson sort of gave an overview of what Hebrews is trying to do, but this one really tackles some of those moments that perhaps are troublesome or a little difficult to understand and tries to give you a lens through which to grasp them. And it also breaks down some points that we ended up preaching in separate sermons on the four corners of the covenant. This this one contains those in miniature. And so I think you'll enjoy it. If you haven't seen the first part, it's not really necessary that you've seen the first part in order to enjoy part two, but of course uh, they are laid out that way. So go check out Hearts Established by Grace. And then tomorrow, wherever you're listening to this podcast, you can listen to the full version, about 56, 57 minutes, Hearts Established by Grace, part two. Okay, Genesis 25, 29, Jacob cooked a stew and Esau came in from the field and he was weary. And Esau said to Jacob, please feed me with that same red stew for I'm weary. Therefore, his name was called Edom. And the reason that this text exists in this whole naming, we know he's Esau, but he's also Edom. Edom is the word for red and The connotation there is that since the stew is red, um, his name is Edom because he sold his birthright over a bowl of red stew. Um, Most scholars actually lean to that Edom has as much to do with Esau's look as it does with the soup. But Jacob said, sell me your birthright as of this day. 
Let me explain why this is important. The eldest son held the birthright. This meant that he received a double portion of whatever the younger received. They received second son, third son, fourth son, on down the line. Son, daughters excluded, by the way. Sons only received a portion of the father's blessing, but the firstborn received twice as much as anyone else did. And so in this case with Jacob and Esau, Esau stands to bring the most, to, to receive the most from their father Isaac. And so the Abraham-Isaac blessing should go Abraham, Isaac, Esau. But we don't say it that way. We say Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Why? Because Jacob becomes the inheritor of the firstborn blessing. Now, you'll remember that it was actually prophesied that way in the previous few verses. Back in verse 23, when the Lord told Rachel that there were two nations in her womb, one people was going to be stronger than the other, and the older would serve the younger which means that we already have this prophetic word that Jacob is actually going to be the superior of the two. And then we're introduced to a conniving Jacob. His name is heel catcher. Right after we hear his name, we watch him in his conniving ways. We are to assume that this is not the only moment of conniving on Jacob's part, but it's the most important moment of conniving. And so when he says, sell me your birthright, it is put me in the first position. Esau says, look, I'm about to die, so what is this birthright to me? And Jacob said, swear to me as of this day, or literally, take an oath today. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. And Jacob gave Esau bread and stew of lentils, and he ate and drank, arose, went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. And there's a bit of an indication there that we grow to despise um, those things that were one time important to us, but when we make decisions that affect us in the negative uh, or that affect someone around us in the negative, we can grow to despise those very things. Things that we would have loved, we can grow to despise. And there's a lot of depth there. So what actually occurs is that Esau gives up the permanent for the temporary And this becomes a life lesson. Never give up the permanent for the temporary. This gets, the opportunity to do this gets replayed in the wilderness when Jesus faces the devil and the devil offers him the kingdoms of the world by bowing the knee. And Jesus is going to receive the kingdoms of the world through self-sacrifice, but he could skip the self-sacrifice and take it by bowing the knee. But of course, that changes the destiny of everything. And so Jesus refuses to accept the immediate at the expense of the future. And Esau is the counter to that. He's the exact opposite. Tomorrow, I want to take you to the book of Hebrews, the 12th chapter that reintroduces the Esau story and labels him a fornicator. And I want to dig into why and what Hebrews was trying to say, because if we look at the context, we'll find something very important about the Esau story. And we'll let Hebrews do that probably for the next couple of days, because there's a lot of information there. So watch for Hearts Established in Grace Part 2. And come back to be with us in more of the Esau story from a New Testament perspective, not coincidentally probably from 
the book of Hebrews. So we'll see you tomorrow. God bless.